For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. We're back with the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast where we interview NFL Draft prospects as well as talk about the latest headlines surrounding the big names and also maybe some of the lesser known names in the upcoming NFL Draft class. I'm Joe DeLeon joined by Ryan Roberts and Alex Gilstrap. We are part of the Believe Podcast Network today. We have a number of fantastic topics and segments for you folks. We're going to talk a little bit about the Coastal Carolina BYU game and if it should have any impact and and what it means for Zach Wilson going forward. We're going to play a fun game where Ryan and Alex are going to read their scouting reports and we're going to take some guesses. And then lastly, we're going to share our thoughts on some players who we feel need to finish the season strong to maybe change some perceptions or push themselves in higher conversations to be drafted higher. Before we get into that, folks, I want to share a message with you from our sponsor, betonline.ag. The NFL season is in full swing. We are getting close to playoff time. Crunch time is here. The most meaningful football of the season is coming now in the NFL as well as college football. And you might not be able to really get tickets to these games and sit in the stands or tailgate like we used to, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Heck, I argue it's more fun to sit around with your friends, put a couple bets down, and just yell at the TV and hope for something great to happen. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. There's, there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Your online sportsbook experts, BetOnline. Guys, we had this weekend a pretty polarizing game heading into the week. Coastal Carolina was supposed to play Liberty. Ryan even brought it up. That game gets canceled because of some COVID concerns. Luckily, though, last second, BYU schedules a game with Coastal Carolina. They travel to Coastal play on that ugly, weird green field. You don't like it? And you don't like that field? It's it's weird. I kind of like it. I'm not it. A, I'm not the biggest fan of it. It's okay. Right. I just, I think I think it's gaudy. I think it's too much yeah, because I'm not a fan because their uniforms match, and I think that that is atrocious right. to stare at. They weren't matching this game, but I think it's atrocious to stare at just like this mess of green. I don't know how that's entirely legal because nobody has uniforms that match regular the, green. The terms. worst field is Eastern Washington, though. The red is that the, the red inferno. One? Oh. The inferno. Ch- you don't like the inferno? I think that's it changes terrible. The that is awful. Yeah, yeah. That one's not not a big fan of that one. You really shouldn't be allowed to color the turf. That's a separate conversation for uh, another Sorry. day, as that is obviously related to NFL <laughs> draft conversations. But uh, 
this game ended up being very polarizing. Played on ESPNU, had a, a lot of high stakes involved because people were saying BYU needed another ranked victory. Coastal needed to prove themselves, and that's exactly what they did. Coastal ends up winning the game. It comes down to the literal wire. If you didn't see the final play, it was a pass thrown across the middle of the field, stopped just short for BYU to take a lead. That doesn't end up happening. Coastal Carolina ends up sealing the deal. And to change the conversation in the the light of NFL draft conversations, I want to talk about what this might mean for Zach Wilson. And this is a show everybody knows that we always say one game does not significantly impact the draft stock of a prospect. But in the full scope of things, when we're putting together a report and when we look back at this game and we watch it, I'm curious to hear what you guys think how this might affect putting together that report if he can't get over the hump and beat a team like Coastal Carolina, which is a good team, but not really in the in the top conversation of the elite programs this season. So, Ryan, where do you sit on this? Do you think it, it might have any impact at all? Or, or like, how would you perceive this when putting it, putting it in uh, a report? Anytime, any place, except in Coastal Carolina, <laughs> baby. I, I mean, I... So, yes, I, I don't think that this quantifies Zach Wilson as a prospect. I think we talked about it last week, or at least I talked about it on off-air with you guys, that, like, I'm good with the Zach Wilson hype. I'm good with it. Top 10 still seems a little rich to me, but, like, he's a first-round caliber quarterback. I'm fine with someone valuing him in that in that spectrum. I think maybe 10 to 20 would probably be a better slot for him, but I understand that quarterback needy teams are going to push him up. But I don't think that – this game in particular is going to negatively affect him in any way. It's going to just be a little more context of the situation. He's a three-year starter. He's got plenty of film behind him, even though he missed a lot of 2019 with an injury. There's a lot of there's there's a big scope of 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 work. There's a big body of work for a guy like Zach Wilson. So I don't think it's it's too much for him. But shout out and, and what it is big for Coastal Carolina. Jamie Chadwell, the head coach over there, the defensive line prospects. I mean, everybody was talking about Je- uh, Jeffrey Gunter being, you know, dirty during the game, and Teron Jackson just got the Senior Bowl invite. C.J. Brewer, like that defensive line came to play, and they outplayed that BYU offensive line, which is why they won that football game. So shout out to Coastal and all those defensive players who are on NFL radars should be on NFL radars, and they presented just enough against Zach Wilson to get this upset. And if you would have told me going into the game, because I picked. BYU to win the football game yesterday. If you would have told me that they would have held them to 17 points, I would have called you crazy. Well, I think this is a bad situation for Zach Wilson. Uh, obviously, scheduling a game two days, two three days before you play it, a good defense as Ryan as Ryan talked about. I just think this is a bad situation for Zach Wilson. Um, obviously, Coastal Carolina has a good defense. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think he played that bad. I, 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 they didn't put up the points. Yeah, he was fine. Mm-hmm. I think I think it'll be a game that circled, but I don't think that it, it's so weird because like you, you, the preparation that goes into a game like this, you know, usually you have that full week, you know, Monday or really Sunday to to, to game day, and this was just an odd week. I don't think they had the preparation. I don't think he played a bad game. So yeah, I don't think I don't think this game did anything. I think I don't think this would have been enough for the college football playoff committee to take them serious. We, we see what the college football playoff committee thought of them going in into this week. You know, they started off outside the top 10, you know, they, they 
they didn't think as highly of them as as the media portrays because they have this star quarterback that is on NFL radars. So I don't I don't think it was the right move for BYU. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty, lost the game. Uh, I do think that they needed to to bring in better opponents. Uh, you know, add some add some top matchups to their schedule, and that's what they attempted to do. I don't think it was enough at the end of the day, anyways. And then it just put their offense in a bad situation with this talented defense, uh, and and we saw the outcome. It just wasn't as it wasn't the product that we're used to seeing with Zach Wilson that that has made him fly up draft boards uh, throughout the season. It almost feels like BYU underestimated what Coastal was going to bring to the table. You you kind of got that sense watching the game that they thought, oh, it's just Coastal Carolina. This this team has been an FBS program for a minute like how, how good could they almost literally <laughs> yeah like how good could they possibly be defensively and they came and smacked them right in the mouth I would argue and it goes in line with what you guys both just said it does more for the prospects on the Coastal Carolina defense than it does for Zach Wilson because they come they step up against the best team on their schedule and they show out against an offensive line that has some Pretty good size on it. So, uh, like, I think all those guys, uh, you know, Teron Jackson, who we had on the show, if you want to go check out that interview, he's a guy who, going to the Senior Bowl, that what, the way he played and the way that he was played alongside his, his fellow defensive mates, you know, I think that definitely really helps uh, his cause and him him trying to build that draft stock coming from a, a lesser-known FBS program. So, guys, I want to get into discussing some players that – need to finish the season strong. And what I mean by this, folks, are are guys that have either done enough to put themselves in a different light than maybe we expected, but have not fully answered the questions that we still have. We've got some interesting names here, coincidentally. I think we have, yeah, we have all quarterbacks here, so it's going to be a, a fun discussion mm-hmm. on players that need that strong finish to put themselves in a solid spot and work themselves out of that level of ambiguity. So, Alex, uh, I want to hear from you first. Who is your guy, and why'd you pick him? Yeah. So for me, it's it's Kellen Mond. Uh, you know, I've I'm on record of being low going into this season uh, on Kellen Mond. I, I feel like he's one of those prospects that everyone's waiting on the breakout. You know, I think Ryan said this on a podcast a time ago. You know, we're, we've always been waiting on this breakout for Kellen Mond. Oh, the potential, the potential, the potential, and we never saw it. I think we're starting to see it. He's playing consistent football that we have never seen from Kellen Mond in that offense. And I think that people are starting to come around to the idea. I think he had a very efficient game this this past Saturday. Uh, look, I, I think if he, he plays a consistent brand of football over the course of the rest of this season, uh, obviously they're ranked in the top five right now. Um it's, uh, I, I don't know. I think I think if he if he sh- proves that he can continue this streak for the rest of this season, I think this can be someone that in that next tier of quarterbacks, you know, obviously that top four, you know, we're talking about being top ten picks, you know, up there. That next that next tier, you're really gonna see var- varying opinions. You know, the Kellen Mons, the Desmond Ritters, the Mac Joneses, the Kyle Trass. That group is going to have a lot of differing opinions, and I think Kellen Mond has solidified it, or can solidify himself in that tier with those guys if he continues to play this brand of football. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, I'll, I'll say briefly, like Kellen Mond, I, I think Jim Nagy talked about it a little bit, right? Like he's a guy where you need to, like, because usually NFL scouts are watching like three games or so, maybe a couple more on prospects. Kellen Mond might be a guy where you need to, like, actually sit down and, and look at a 
even bigger sample size because he's a tough guy, yeah. a really tough guy to figure out. And if I had to throw a guy out, I would throw out like Alex gives me a toolsy quarterback prospect who's probably a developmental guy. I'll throw out Desmond Ritter for the Cincinnati kid who also a top 10 team this year has been playing very well, undefeated. Desmond Ritter's kind of been big flash as a redshirt freshman. Kind of didn't take any step forward as sophomore. Maybe he took a step back a little bit. He just seemed like he was just going to be the same guy. You know, it just didn't seem like he was going to take the step. And early in this year, again, it seemed like he wasn't going to take the step. But over the last few games or so, he's starting to assert himself. Like, hey, I'm 6'4". I'm 215 plus pounds. I'm athletic. I have a strong arm. The things that have plagued me in the past with some ball placement accuracy issues – working against uh, pressure, I'm doing better. And now the question is, do you trust that recent trend or is this an admiration? We need to figure out who Desmond Ritter really is because if Desmond Ritter is who he's shown us over the last few games, then I could buy into someone taking him somewhere early on day two potentially to be that developmental guy, to sit a year potentially, and then to be the guy because he has that upside, he has that talent. The question is, what Desmond Ritter am I getting, not only from a game-to-game perspective, a year-to-year perspective, from a snap-to-snap perspective, not a drive-to-drive perspective. Like, I don't know from a snap-to-snap basis what I'm getting with this kid, but I do know the flashes are there, and when he does flash, there's something special potentially there. So he's a guy that I think needs to show that the last couple games aren't just a fluke in a really nice season for Cincinnati, that it is the start of a trend that a team can buy into to take to the next level and to believe in as he develops into potentially their franchise quarterback. So for, for Ritter and, and Mon, would you say you need to maybe watch 20 games just to, to get that full understanding of what they are as a prospect? I mean, I, mean I, don't think, I don't think you're a real scout unless you watch 20 games, personally. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell has time to watch 20 games? Jesus Christ. Nobody. Uh, all right, we, we don't need to get into that. That's a separate conversation for another day. Um, just people making stuff up, but my guy that I think has a different perception than those guys, because those are fantastic athletes that haven't shown the consistency of that. you like to see when they throw the football, you know, you talk about some of the various traits that you guys have liked for them. You just need to see a little bit more. I have a, a bit of an interesting name to throw out here for quarterback. We tend to see with the media that they, they like to hype up guys on, on big, big teams that are hot. That, that's something that, that tends to happen. So Mac Jones right now is one of those guys. And, and there are some evaluators that are very high on him. And I think we can all agree here, even though I'm not like a, a, a full film scouting report type guy, from what I've seen, I don't think he's as talented as some people hype him up to be just because of some of his, his, his physical traits in terms of his athleticism. I don't think that makes him a first-rounder when he can barely move. And then on top of it, as we were talking about earlier, he has the off-field concerns I didn't even know about that he has – um, you know, allegedly he has multiple DUIs, which is an even more of an issue. But for him to push himself, I think, into that true second round conversation, I need to see Mac Jones finish the season strong. And the reason why I want that is because so far this year, even though Alabama obviously has a difficult schedule, we've seen Alabama completely beat up on every single team that they've played. They have smacked them. They have knocked the crap out of them because they have a very good run game with Najee Harris. They've got a good offensive line. And let's be honest, Mac Jones's receivers are doing him a lot of favors. Favor uh, Jones has played well, but with the receivers that he has, 
he he's legitimately boosted by their performances every single week when they play well. So now through the final stretch of the season, he's probably going to have to play Florida in the SEC championship game. And if they win that football game, he's going to have to play a really good defense. Maybe it's Ohio State. Maybe it's Notre Dame where they're going to force Mac Jones to beat them. We're not going to see a defense that can't stop uh, multiple parts of this Alabama offense. It is going to come down to Mac Jones stepping up to the plate and having to beat these teams. And I don't, I honestly don't know if Mac Jones has that in him. We, we need him to prove it to us. This is a circumstance where he's got a couple games left. He needs to play well against the most difficult opponents that are going to be a part of the rest of his season. And if he doesn't step up, I don't know how you can argue him to be a late first round quarterback because that completely detracts from all the arguments that we've heard is that he, he plays against good competition and he looks good. Well, Joe, I've heard, I've heard, I mean, yesterday just on Twitter, right? He's better than Trey Lance. I would take him second overall. That was a, that was an actual take that happened Ooh, yesterday. What? <laughs> that was a real take, no exaggeration. That was said on Stop Twitter. Stop drinking yesterday. on Saturdays <laughs> and tweeting. Right. Enjoy your football. Take a step back from Twitter. Do not post Just, things yeah, on Twitter right. while you're while you um, have had a few, um, you know, during the day. Coors lights. Yes, a, co- a few Coors lights. <laughs> a few Coors lights. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm just. Uh, last thing I'll say is like, I, I, some people are going to listen to this and be like, "How dare Joe DeLeon slander Mike McCorkle Jones or whatever the hell his name is? Michael McCorkle. Did you know that was his middle name, by the way? McCorkle." That he's been a, on this. He's been on this. Dude, all it's week. so funny. That is a <laughs> that is a horrible middle name. That is the worst middle name that I have ever well, heard. Th- Draft stock down for the middle. This is name. why I wanted to ask because I posted that on Twitter a few days ago, and then people were like, "Wow, that's an elite middle name." I'm like, "Where? Where was the elite McCorkle. middle name? McCorkle. Whatever. It's just weird." Right. <laughs> all right, guys. I want to I want to have some fun here after being just a little bit negative for the remainder of that segment. Ryan is is a big advocate of doing this. We did it on the original version of this show with a network I don't feel like mentioning. And we're bringing it now here, and we're going to do it in the offseason as well. I think this is going to be a periodic fun game. We'll find some other ways to get creative with it. But the game and the object of the game is that Ryan will read two of his scouting reports. Alex will read two of his scouting reports without telling us who the name of the prospect is. And it's just, there's no grade. It's just the description of the prospect, a general overview. The objective is then whoever is not reading and is listening will then guess. So I will be guessing on all these because I don't do scouting reports. I'm not a a scout like these guys are. So that is the gist of what the game is. This is the scouting report game as we're going to call it. Ryan, why don't you start us off with your first guy? All right, sounds good, Joe. I will start off. Uh, so just to be clear, though, before I start, so after I do my first one, is Alex going next or am I going back-to-back on mine? Hey, hey, Ryan, that was something we talked about for the show. Well, I, mean, I, I guess no, I wasn't paying no, attention. It's going to be – I'm just giving I'm just giving you a hard time. That Yes, Alex will go after you. He's going to read his, and we're going to alternate. Okay, well, I don't listen in the, pre, <laughs> I, I don't listen in the pre-show <laughs> meetings. I'm sorry. All right, so it's okay. here is my scouting report. One of the more right. underrated deep threats in all of college football, blank wide receiver blank possesses a tantalizing skill set that will be highly coveted at the next level. With plus deep speed and impressive ball tracking ability, blank puts a ton of stress on defenses working in the vertical third of the field. He is not, however, a one-trick pony. His, abil- his ability as a deep threat will be his main selling point, but blank has shown a ton of potential as a route runner. He is a very fluid in and out of his breaks, showing a great understanding for how to attack leverage. Blank is a long-limbed pass catcher 
who has a ton of room to add weight, but currently boasts a really slight frame. I'm his. This limited his ability to win both at the line of scrimmage and at the catch point. You're going to need to maximize his release points as it currently stands. His hands are mostly solid, but he has some trouble, uh, some troubling concentration drops on film. There is clearly a role for Blank with his fluidity, route running upside, and ability as a deep receiver. There is a solid floor for him as a plus deep threat at the very least at the next level. I think I know who this is. Alex, you go first. Okay, so you started off talking about the deep speed, and immediately my mind went to Reggie Roberson from SMU, uh, because that's someone I was thinking about doing, so that was just stuck in my head. Uh, But then you said long-limbed, and that that doesn't doesn't work. Um, I didn't didn't catch that. That actually changes my answer. Oh, long-limbed. Yeah, because I was thinking some Jalen Waddle potentially. I thought it was Rondell Moore, because I know Ryan loves Rondell Moore, so I thought he was going to try and find a way to to bring him up. So go go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you so off. long, yeah, no, you're good. Long limbed, uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. LSU, long guy, deep speed, but I think he runs good routes as well. He's able to utilize that same athleticism throughout his route tree. Um, God, that's the only name that's coming to mind. Tyler Vaughn's is long. I'm thinking long here. Uh, Tyler Vaughn, someone we talked about today a little bit. Is a long wide receiver. No, I'm going to go Terrace Marshall Jr. LSU. That's my guess. Okay. See, I, I'm thinking. I don't think that it's going to be that tall of a receiver. And the and the word that I'm really keyed on here that you finished the report with was saying that he's a fluid and a good route runner. And there's one prospect that we constantly hear those two words in the description. That is Jamar Chase. So I'm going with Jamar Chase. He's smiling. I think I got it. You did, you did no, not get definitely it. You definitely not. not. You definitely, ah, not you definitely didn't. <laughs> I, I, I started you guys off with a little bit of a difficult one. I will be very honest here. A guy okay. I'm a little higher on, I think, than some people. Uh, actually, a New Jersey product. So uh, I me- Imir Smith-Marset from Iowa is the player. No way I was, I was getting that. Why would you? It's a, what, right, he's a good player. The, he's a good player. You're uh, pulling yeah. guys from obscurity. I thought we were here. going like names that Joe. Oh. Joe, he had, yeah, he had right. names that we he could had guess. Third, <laughs> he had a third round grade going into the year from the NFL. He's not that that much of a hat pull. Relax. Yeah, but we're still we're not even in the in like the full on like push towards the NFL okay. draft. Well, we're still well, in, in the season summer, scouting. In the here. summer, Alex was flexing that he watched like twenty seven people each position. So let me flex for a That's minute. That's not even true. That's not even true. It's <laughs> <laughs> not even true. I said that for the first two positions, and I slowly started dwindling. <laughs> All right, Alex, let's hear your next one. Okay, so disclaimer: uh, a lot of or most of my reports are those that have opted out. I gave that hint in the pre-show. Uh, so that definitely gives a hint um, for these two. My first one, I'm going to read off the strengths. Blank's athleticism and burst at the snap is the first thing to pop on his film. Blank is typically the first man off the line after the snap and can catch less athletic linemen off guard. He generates some quick wins with lateral agility and a swim move that works consistently. That gets, oh, that gets you excited. Excuse me. He is a good run defender with solid anchor and has shown the ability to move laterally with ease. In the passing game, he carries a lot of potential and upside as an interior rusher. The quick wins he creates as a pass rusher make it really difficult on quarterbacks with his quickness and athleticism in space. I know who this is. It's Greg Russo. It's Greg Russo. That's both your guesses? I think so, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. The, the giveaway was that you mentioned interior that rusher. he's... 
yeah, because they move him inside a lot when they when they're in you know three down linemen. He's always their interior rusher. So are we right or wrong? You're wrong. What? Oh, wait, wait, give me another one. Give me another one. Uh, Jalen Twyman. No, I I'm not. Uh, okay, I see the, it, the upside of the pass rush. First, okay, I see where first you of all, get you, you get one guess. So we're not doing that. Oh, give me we're one more. Give me one more. Give me one. No, 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 no. Okay. Okay. Levi, stop. We're not doing this. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Man, you are close. You're right. still close. Joe Tryon? Is it Joe Tryon? No, uh, not that okay. close. Right. Stop guessing. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll give it here. I think this guy runs sub five as a true interior defensive lineman, not someone that moves around. And that's Jay Tufele from USC. Uh, I'm a big Jay Tu. I'm a big Tufele fan. I was a big fan of him. Summer scouting. Yeah, I remember uh, that. We talked about him. I think this guy is super, super athletic. Sorry, I was thinking about good football players. That's my apologies, sir. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you All got? Right, last one. Um, <laughs> talk about checking the boxes. Blank offensive tackle. Blank has an athletic profile that resembles current 49er right tackle Mike McGlinchey to a high degree. As a former high school tight end, Blank is an impressive athlete on the hook, showing off ma- magnificent feet. Joe, stop. You got the last one wrong, and you were doing that in the middle, too. And mirror belly and pass protection. He is able to get up to the second level with ease, as well as pull and lead with a high success rate. Boasting a fantastic frame with a freakishly long arms, Blank looks like he was made in a lab. He, ha- he was a clean, powerful frame that still appears capable of putting on a substantial amount of weight with future physical development. Possessing both fantastic core strength and flexibility, Blank is able to recover well even when he is tough, uh, even when he is in tough body positioning. He has quick and aggressive hands to fit inside and establish leverage. Well, since Joe, I- I'm not even going to finish it. Go ahead. Tell me what you, tell me what you think, Joe. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. Read I'm just looking at your eyes. What? I'm looking at your eyes and you're killing me right now. <laughs> Why are you mad at me? <laughs> Alex, do you need more or do you have it? <laughs> no, I, I I got it. I got I know it from Ryan the too well. I've, I, he's described this player to me so many different times, and the the the, the comp immediately gave it away. And you know what I'm gonna guess? You know what I'm guessing? Right? It's Spencer Brown. Spencer Brown. Yep. Okay. I'm go- Yep. Northern Iowa. Spencer. All right. Well, Brown. you guys you guys were complaining about uh, Amir Smith Marset, so I, I threw you a, I threw you a <laughs> snowball there, a little okay. softball. So there you go. That's fair. That's fair. You helped us. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, that's a dub. Yep. Oh, that's not a dub. Chill. <laughs> All right, my last one. <clears throat> Blank is the perfect mold of a sub-package running back with home run hitting ability. He has shown the ability in the Blank offense to be a versatile weapon. I got it. Okay, go. Kenny Gainwell. It? I was going to say it's Kenneth Gainwell. Wow. <laughs> that was good. Well, there's uh, not a lot that. of running backs who aren't, you know, who aren't playing right now. I mean, you, oh, yeah, that, that probably, yeah. yeah. It's tough doing in season because, like, you you're probably not gonna. You told us ahead of time that you had mostly solidified, um, declared like yeah, sli- the declared guys. Either. So there's not a whole lot of running backs that have actually declared. Um, all right, well, folks, that is the end of that segment. To wrap us up, as we typically do, we are going to share our stat sheet stuffers. I'm gonna go first. I claim this guy as quickly as I possibly could. At about, I think it was like 10 o'clock last night that I saw this. I'm like, yeah. this guy's mine. Nobody touch him. He's mine. It's it's fair game if you claim him early. Uh, Corey Rucker, Arkansas State. Wide receiver, nine receptions, 310 yards, and four touchdowns. Uh, the thing that, that gets me the most on that stat line is that this dude only had nine catches and still yeah. had 310 yards. I feel so bad. 
I think it was Louisiana Monroe that they played. I feel terrible for whatever corner <laughs> had to guard him the entirety of the cooked. day because he is going to have a long ass day. We're recording this on Sunday. He's having a long day today in meetings. I I do not envy him. He is getting picked apart. Maybe it was a couple guys. They're all getting picked apart. Yeah. No. Uh, this only happened because Jonathan Adams Jr. was not playing. Uh, just is that, is that the only reason? Um, is that the only reason? That's the only reason. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm just kidding. This is that's that was the most impressive stat line. That's why you had to. Claim I didn't know it. who Corey Rucker was. So good. I yeah. It. I didn't. Either. Neither did I. Never heard of All him. Right. Let, let me let me um, throw my Tulsa love out there. I guess for my stat sheet stuff, or I talk about a guy every single week. So let's go back to the well here. Jackson Player in their victory over Navy. Playing defensive tackle, interior defensive tackle. Now, keep that in mind for this stat sheet stuff to make it even more impressive against a team that never throws the ball. He had 12 tackles, four and a half tackles for loss, and two sacks on the day against a team, again, that is not known for running the football. They are running the ball probably 90% of the time. Jackson Player, another one of the talented Tulsa defenders who had an outstanding day on Saturday. It's a good one. Yeah, I love the defensive. We don't get a lot of defensive guys in these stat sheet stuffers. Uh, so me, I'm going to go with the winless, or excuse me, winless, undefeated, other way around. <laughs> Big difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The un- <laughs> I need to get my vocabulary up, obviously. <laughs> the undefeated Colorado Buffaloes offense was led by Jarek Broussard, their running back, with 25 carries, 301 rushing yards. But the best part about his stat line is he had over 300 yards rushing with no touchdowns to go for it. Like this guy, I think he had a 75 yard rush in the game. Is Colorado undefeated? Stop short. Colorado's undefeated. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Did not know that. Four and zero, baby. Did not know that. Saw it on Twitter this morning. Yeah, I, Alex, I can't believe you sold that one for me. I, that was my that was my pick last night. It was going to be. I was like, oh, that's that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Ran. You didn't claim them. That's the thing. You got to yeah. hit. You got to hit the Joe. chat. You got to say Sorry. this is my. I, I woke up. It's fair game. Once it's in the dock, it's in the dock. I woke up to messages from you guys. I go to bed early. We've already established I'm the old man of this group. So. You are the old man. Very old at that. Oh, jeez. We're throwing haymakers here at the end of the show. Well, I'm going to close this out before we have a a verbal altercation. Uh, Folks, thank you for tuning in to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. Be sure to follow all of us on social media uh, at NFL Prospects Pod to stay up to date not only on our shows, but also some great content that we put out with our amazing social media team, uh, Zach Garten, Alec uh, Pulido, who have done uh, a fantastic job thus far, at Joe DeLeon for me, at Rise, the letter N, draft for Ryan, and then at Alex Gilstrap, straight up for Alex. Also follow at Believe Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram to check out not only our show, but hundreds of other fantastic shows. If there is a topic that you, not even just sports teams, if there's a topic that you have an interest in, I can guarantee you that there's probably a show for it. There are some like some random topics that I had no idea even had followings that large. And I can guarantee you could dig through the shows and you will find something that you are obsessed with and you will enjoy listening to it because this is the deepest podcast network out there. Also head to believe.com again if you want to find some additional shows. And uh, that's all we've got for you today, folks. Stay tuned on Thursday as we will run another interview as we typically do. If you missed last week's interview, we heard from uh, Toledo long snapper Sean Mills. We'll talk to you on uh, Thursday, folks. Have a wonderful rest of your day.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.